Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Wow, we've got a great psalm to talk about this week, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. I wonder if this might be the second most well-known psalm. I'm going to say it's right up there. It's right up there. Yeah, number one, of course, would be Psalm 23. Yeah, 23rd Psalm. Yeah, the the Lord is my shepherd. But this one seems to be really, really well known and beloved, and so Mm -hmm. I'm excited we get Mm -hmm. to talk about it. The only problem is, I mean, we only have five conversations, (laughs) and I've got about 25 things I want to talk about. (laughs) Well, it's true. Uh, This is is going to be a, a really, really great week. So... Uh, we're going back to a psalm of David. We've been in the psalms of Korah and Asaph. Yep. Uh, but now back to David, and this one has a real setup in the heading. Yes, it absolutely does. Hey, real quick, before we jump into that, I want to share with you something that got started last week Yeah. that I'm super excited about, yeah. and I want everybody who's listening to know about it. We've started a Facebook group Yes. for Text Talk. Yes. So we've had a page. Pages are... Stilted and well, okay, yeah, they're great, but yeah, but but we've we've started a text talk group. One of the great things about the group is that folks can go in there and they can make posts about the readings. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so on that text talk, I think I'm going to be uh, uploading the daily written devotion so that people can read those there and comment on them and be involved in some of the discussions of the questions, and then even make comments about the podcast uh, on on a day to day basis in a much easier way. So, so so how much does it cost to join the group? It is absolutely. Absolutely free. Ooh, free. <laughs> we love free. We love free. We love free. So, you know, the only rules that I establish, of course, we may have to establish more rules down the road. I don't know. But basically, the only rules that we establish to be a part in, of the group and participate come from James chapter 3. Okay. And basically, it's two rules. Mm-hmm. Keep your tongue and your keyboard Respectful, okay. <laughs> inappropriate. Don't I think start the, fires. <laughs> I think the people who are listening aren't going to have a problem with that. And then uh, at the end of James chapter three, you know, let's uh, let's write and communicate with wisdom, showing our wisdom by our good conduct and our good speech and pursuing purity and peace and all of those things. Again, I don't think any of the folks who are listening to our podcast will have problems with that. But those are the only rules. Well, that is an exciting announcement. That's so cool. We've launched the group. So swing on by and check it out. Yeah. Go to Facebook slash groups slash text talk. Very good. You you can find it there. All right. Psalm 51. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. And here's the setup. To the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone to Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. 
Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. A broken and a contrite heart, these, O God, you will not despise. And if I was to characterize this psalm, I would say that this is brokenness and this is contrition. Uh, it is a seeking out for the mercy of God, for the fellow who realizes, I have no excuse, I have no justification, I am wrong. Now, in the heading, it says that this moment of clarity seemed to be triggered by a conversation that the great King David had with the prophet Nathan. Yeah. Um, remind us about that. What's that about? Okay. So, David who is this ultimate king after God's own heart, that mm-hmm. it, it looks like all the promises that we've had about uh, some, someone coming to be God's representative and to conquer enemies has come. It's David. He is this king that that has replaced Saul. The Spirit of God is with him. Uh, he's, he's coming to his throne. He's built the city. He's brought the Ark of God into the city. It just seems like a wonderful, wonderful right. thing. Right, But one day... He's looking from his window, and he sees Bathsheba, Bath, Bathsheba mm-hmm. <laughs> get it out here in a second, bathing, mm-hmm. and decides to take her for his own, mm-hmm. even though she's married to one of his mighty men, yeah. Uriah. He has an affair with her. Mm-hmm. She gets pregnant. He tries to cover it up and ultimately has Uriah killed mm-hmm. because of this, and then takes Bathsheba as his wife. Just a whole host of sins involved in that terrible, awful sins. Nathan, the prophet of God, comes to David and tells him a story. He says, David, I want to tell you about something I heard. Mm-hmm. There was this fella who was a shepherd. He had, he had herds and flocks of sheep. Mm-hmm. But when his friend came to visit, he went to his neighbor and took his neighbor's one little ewe lamb whom he loved, who, who, who came into his house and, and ate with him and sat at his table with his mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And he took that one little ewe lamb. And he took it and he killed it and he offered it as a meal to this guest. And David, of course, becomes very indignant. Oh, and he, and he goes back to the law and says he ought to pay this back fourfold. Uh-huh. And, and there's you're just very upset. And then Nathan looks at David and says, you are the man. Mm-hmm. And he brought David into the middle of the story and David realized, I am the man. Mm-hmm. I am that guy. I mm-hmm. am the guy with the flocks and flocks herds, herds that stole everything. someone else's wife most precious and so it's after that yeah this psalm is set up as being david's response to that now in the story we see david repent mm-hmm. and and ask for forgiveness but here in this psalm we see the intensity of his understanding of truly how awful what he had done was yeah there is a fear there as you pointed out talked about how when david became king how the spirit was removed from saul mm-hmm. and came upon david yeah. so david saw that when you lose your kingdom 
the Lord removes his spirit. And one of the things he particularly prays in this psalm, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. David certainly understood that he was worthy of being dispossessed of his throne uh, and, and going the way of Saul, Saul who had failed so mightily, Saul who had disappointed. And yet David is called the man after God's own heart. And God had made covenant with David. And, you know, God's going to build a house for David and, and all of these things. How can God do that for a David who acts in this way? And when David understands what he's done, how can he cry out to God hoping for a mercy? I, I have come to discover that one of the most difficult questions in the Old Testament is this question about Saul versus David. Mm. Uh, the, the reality is, you know, Saul does some bad things. And right. It seems awful, but boy, David's sins seem actually so much worse, at least from our standpoint, mm. than what Saul did. And yet the kingdom is stripped from Saul. Yeah. David gets to continue on and God makes his covenant and it becomes an everlasting covenant so that even Jesus himself comes from the line of David right. and not from the line of Saul. Right, right. And the difference, I think, comes down to what we see in the psalm. This, this heart being expressed? This heart being expressed. And it was a heart of penitence. It was a yeah. heart that when he was rebuked, mm -hmm. when he was chastened, he comes back before God with a broken and contrite heart. Yeah. Saul just persists in his sin. Yeah. And, and even though so for us... He, it seems, even the night before he dies, where is he? He's consulting with witches and mediums, right? Instead of consulting it, with the Lord. That's instead right. Of, instead of uh, just accepting the Lord, he has moved on. To, uh, he, he moves to this, I'm going to try to go through this... this ritual, this process that even I as king have condemned and made illegal. Right, right. And so he's involved in that, that, um, that sin. He just continues and he persists. Whereas David, we find, repents mm -hmm. and turns away. And so while you and I, I mean, at least I do, I think that what he did, what David did with Bathsheba and Uriah is way worse than Saul going to well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it seems that way. I will say this. When a king gets a visit from a prophet, it's always remarkable, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, got, you've got Nathan with the story of the ewe lamb and thou art the man. But I, I remember when Saul lost his kingdom, Samuel has this, what is the bleating of the sheep I hear in yeah. my ears? Yes. Because Saul had not destroyed all the Amalekites uh, for Samuel 15. Sure. So, but yeah, so God sends these prophets to call them down. Call these kings down. Call them to repentance. Call them back. Uh, but David has the heart to turn to God. And, and yeah, Saul is stiff-necked. And the issue is not that, well, saving these sheep and, and saving this king Agag is a worse sin than killing Uriah and committing adultery with Bathsheba. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is Saul persisted as opposed to repenting. Right. David right. repents. Now, it leads me to the question of why on earth would David think that that could work? Why would David mm -hmm. write this psalm and and seek this kind of mercy and forgiveness? He doesn't deserve it. I mean, this th these are extreme, awful sins. Mm -hmm. Isn't it bold and brash and brazen for David to write this down? Lord, please forgive me. Please Bring your mercy to me. Why would David remotely ask this? No, it's a great it's a great question. 
Um, and maybe it's in the the tone of this, but um, it, it does, on the one hand, I see what you're saying. Who do you think you are? Surely you have gone too far away from God and violated too many of these commandments. I, I was kind of doing a countdown. Maybe we'll talk about more of this more in our conversation tomorrow. But uh, just, you know, in, in your mind, kind of tick through the Ten Commandments. And how many does David break in the goings-ons with Bathsheba and Uriah? You've done all of this, and yet you're going to ask for forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Well, he's coveted another man's wife. He's committed oh, tomorrow, adultery. He's tomorrow. That was a tease. I oh, want, sorry, sorry. I want sorry. people to listen. To okay, yeah, tomorrow. come back tomorrow. Okay, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but but Raz going this. We'll we'll, we'll we'll delve into that a little bit tomorrow. But but where does this psalm begin with the word mercy? Mm. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. Mercy, loving kindness. God, David comes to God with a recognition of who he is and how God has presented himself to Israel again and again before the days of game, uh, before the days of David by declaring his own name. I think that's exactly it, and I appreciate you going to that idea of declaring his name. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen this before in the Psalms. This is, again, another one of those Psalms that is a meditation on the name of God, specifically when God presented it to Moses in mm-hmm. Exodus 34, mm-hmm. when he passed before Moses and he says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, mm-hmm. abounding in steadfast love, or as you were quoting from the New King right, James, loving, loving kindness, kindness and forever. faithfulness, mm-hmm. who keeps steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. We find five of the words in that name right here in this first stanza of mm-hmm. this psalm. Mm-hmm. Have mercy on me, O God, mm-hmm. according to your steadfast love. love. Those yep. are mercy and steadfast right. love. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Sin. David is not just picking words that fill in the blanks. He is is bringing to mind, God, this is your name. This is who you are. This is who you declared yourself to be, and I'm going to believe it. And so as awful and terrible as this was, I know that my only recourse is to remember your name Mm -hmm. and lay myself out before you and ask you to live according to Mm -hmm. your name. And that's all I've got. Mm -hmm. What an amazing thing. Listen, we're glad that you're listening this week. We've got so much to talk about. I can I can look in Andrew's face. He's got something else he's wanting to say right now, but we've got to move on. We'll have more conversations tomorrow. Andrew, why don't you wrap us up in prayer? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for your great name. Thank you, Father, that when we find ourselves undone by our own foolishness, pride, or sin, or our error, Father, that's when fear and doubt comes in us, that we think that, that you would never have us back, that you would never restore us. Help us in those moments to remember this psalm, to remember your name, to have a heart like David and not take the way of Saul. Father, to seek you in your forgiveness and your loving kindness that you have shown ultimately in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.